podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Butcher and the Blade trying to regroup, and the big men especially, is uh, raising all kinds of hell in there. Whoa, 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 guys! It's Kenny Omega! Kenny Omega! Uh, look who's coming behind him. His tag team champion partner, Hangman Page with a cocktail, it looks to me like. You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me. The elite back together, at least three of them. This one's uh, Matt told his beer, it looks like. No, 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 no. Oh, oh my God, what impact. Shot. What impact. Oh, <laughs> what a shot. He said, hold my beer. And that's... I got business to take care of. It's a brand new episode of the Elite Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, before we hop into that, Nick, uh, a real quick rundown of what happened on Dark. I don't know if you've seen this, but they've been doing bonus matches as well for AEW Dark. Sometimes they'll put out Dark, and then maybe like an hour or two later, they'll just put like another match out. On its own, by itself. Um, this particular week, it was a Kip Sabian Michael Nakazawa match, which <laughs> was okay. Um, but Proper Dark this week featured a tables match with Nyla Rose and Shanna, which makes sense given uh, their their mini feud here and uh, everything surrounding it. Nyla Rose won that match. It was actually the best match, I think, on the card for dark this week uh that's not saying much they also showed kip sabian and qt marshall from the boat uh 
which Kip Sabian won. And uh, the main event was Dark Order versus Brandon Cutler and Sunny Kiss, which was also not much of a match uh, because it was Dark Order completely destroying Sunny Kiss and Brandon Cutler not tagging in one time, which, of course, continues to lead to the speculation that he is in Dark Order. So there was that uh, for, for AEW Dark this week. Nothing really uh, to go out of your way to see. Uh, there, there was one really cool thing that I saw on the internet this week, um, or I don't know if it's cool, but it's cool in the sense that they may be dropping this storyline. Did you see the Brandy Rose um, therapy video? Yeah, so I've seen some people suggest that this video that they showed was in fact them dropping it, but I don't know. Uh, if they necessarily are. In fact, if anything, this feels like the... <laughs> if anything, this feels like what the introduction to this group should have been. <laughs> uh, it's So it's Brandy Rhodes at like a, a, a mental health care facility, and she is seeing a, a psychologist or, or a therapist. And Brandy is in her nightmare collective attire as this doctor is asking her, uh, questions and um, asking if Brandy has like a like a series or like a she has a history of like head trauma or something like that and Brandy's like no no of course not and then they flash back kind of brilliantly to the first episode of Dynamite where uh, Cody goes to do this dive onto Sammy Guevara and Guevara moves out of the way and Cody hits Brandy and Brandy does fall backwards and hit her head on the guard railing uh, which would make perfect sense if that was like she suffered like head trauma and it somehow made her crazy or something like that. Weirder things have happened in pro wrestling. So that would make sense if if that was the case. Uh, the therapist is talking to her like, well, I mean, you know, is this who you really are? Like, you know, this seems like you're just putting on a show or a performance to cover up you know, something else or your fear, your insecurities, uh, and things like that. And then Brandy's all of a sudden like, Oh my God, you're right. And like when she sits up, she's just normal Brandy in like a track suit. Uh, but the therapist is not there anymore. It's just a stuffed animal. <laughs> and she's like, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, I don't need any help anymore. And she just walks off. So uh, some people thought this was them dropping the storyline, but it's also possible that this is just a continuation of it. Uh, now, spoiler alert for AEW Dark for this coming week, but there is a match with Mel and Luther where, unless it's incorrect or I read it wrong, it sounds like they attack Awesome Kong after the match. So maybe there is a dissolution to this group already. We shall see. Um, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh... Also, did we cover the fact that they signed Taz? I think we did. May have, um, yeah. And I think he's just doing Dark. Uh, he's like the official commentator for Dark, which is a shame. He should be on the main show, I think. He would be... Um, I think he would be a, a good addition to the to like actual Dynamite. But let's talk about episode 17 of AEW Dynamite, shall we? Uh, we begin with a recap of last week's episode, and that leads into... 
uh, John Moxley coming out for a promo. Says that he's got the match that he wants, but he knows what comes with it. Jericho is a bad dude, but he himself is not a saint. Uh, the difference between the two is that Jericho is a coward and a bully, and he hates bullies. Uh, says he's going to take the title because it's not who Jericho is, it's who he's not. And challenges him to a fight right now. Uh, Chris Jericho comes out on the ramp. Uh, says that that spike to Moxley's eye is all that he's earned. He mocks Moxley. That was tough to say, but he makes fun of him. Um, says that he saw his mom backstage. Says she looks quite fetching and that he'll give her a call later. Uh, says that he's not... I wonder what the story is between Moxley, uh, Moxley's mom and Jericho. Because he's mentioned his mom like a bunch of times. There's got to be some story here. Uh, They're old friends, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> says uh, He says that he's not ready to fight uh, Jericho right now. He can't even blink with both eyes. Uh, the rest of Inner Circle come out with him. Uh, Moxley says this isn't going to be a five-on-one beatdown. He was born here in Ohio, uh, where they are, Cleveland, although he was from Cincinnati, whatever. Uh so it's five on him and everyone else. Jericho says he is stupid, which is true. These fans were not going to fight for him. Uh, but even though it's five on one, Jericho says that Santana and Ortiz brought a bunch of South Bronx thugs, friends of theirs uh, from New York with them. So now it's going to be 10 on one and Moxley attacks them anyway and officials are everywhere to try and break it up. To be honest, Moxley did not get his ass kicked that bad in this 10-on-1 brawl. So, uh, kudos to him, I suppose. <laughs> what did you think of this opening segment? I think Jericho is hilarious, making fun of uh, Moxley being a pirate, calling uh, Yo-Ho-Ho and a bottle of dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that was I good. also noticed that it seems like they're trying to get over a new nickname for Moxley. They're calling him the Maestro of Mayhem. Oh, I see. Not the maestro, oh, no. though, from WCW. No, not that. <laughs> but I, I did notice, I think they said it once or twice, and I was like, is that going to be on a T-shirt soon? It might be. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, it was good overall, um, although, yeah, Moxley does look stupid. I was partially worried that fans were going to start trying to jump the guardrail to attack Jericho in the inner circle. Yeah. Um, that seemed like an invitation to do so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, I I don't get how Mox can just take on all ten of these guys and have no problems at all. Like, seems really silly. Yeah. Uh, if they do the Maestro of Mayhem, what kind of T-shirt do you imagine we would get from this? Maybe he'll have his little conductor stick wrapped in barbed wire or something. Oh, hey, you know what? That's that might even be his. See, I was thinking like you'd have Moxley conducting an orchestra of other Moxleys, but they're all holding weapons and yeah. his and yeah, I was thinking kind of the same thing. Instead of like a barbed wire conductor baton though, it's just dripping with blood. The <laughs> there you go. Is. Like he's he stabs people with this thing. Um <laughs> we then uh in the after this uh we get the first of what feel more like Lucha Underground esque videos. Do you do you get what I'm saying? Like yes, I do. They're videos that aren't they're promos or 
pieces of story that don't take place in the ring or at ringside or backstage. They take place outside of the arena somewhere in some other place in time. And they are shot kind of like how Lucha Underground did things. So interesting piece of production here with MJF and Wardlow going to the butcher shop of the butcher and the blade to hand bunny a stuffed envelope with the name young bucks on it. <laughs> I'm glad he's actually a butcher. It's not just a clever name or something. He really is. Yes. A proper shop. Yes. Andy Williams cuts meat with pepper parks. Cause of course, pepper <laughs> parks being the blade, Andy Williams just slices through meat using pepper parks is what I imagine <laughs> how this works. Um, Probably. MJF is on commentary for this match. It's the butcher and the blade against the young bucks. And uh, the Bucks outclass them early on. Uh, Bunny distracts them, and uh, Butcher and the Blade work over Nick. They do so throughout a commercial break. Uh, Doctor Bomb uh, gets uh, the pin gets broken up by Matt. Nick makes the hot tag to Matt. He runs wild. HBK elbow for a two count. Uh, double team hanging Swanton Bomb by the Bucks. That pin is broken up. Double super kick to the Butcher. Meltzer driver on the blade, and that is it. Uh, a win for the Young Bucks. So before we talk about the post-match, Nick, what did you think about uh, the opening contest this week? It was a fun matchup. The Young Bucks always deliver uh, no matter who they're against. I think this was uh, one of the better things on the show. I gave it three and a half stars. Uh, oh, wow, I, okay. Yeah. I'm always impressed by the Meltzer driver. I, you know, I think it's one of the coolest moves in wrestling. MJF was pretty funny on commentary, just cheering his boys on, saying, I don't care if they win. I just want them to take out the Bucks tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, me too. I thought this was a good match and it maybe didn't go that long. It's sort of just uh, maybe Butcher and the Blade just aren't primed for like top of the tag team division type stuff. Uh I have not seen them gain very many victories. Uh, it doesn't feel like so. This didn't feel like that big of a match, and this was fairly formulaic. Formulaic, I guess, where they just, you know, the good guys look good for a minute, the bad guys beat them up during the commercial break, and then the good guys came back and then hit their move and won. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was good, but I went with a three instead of a uh, your three and a half, and. Uh, Grapple, which, by the way, as we record this, not sitting at a lot of ratings right now, so this may change later, but right now sitting at a 3.07 on Grapple. Uh, What do we get after this? Uh, Oh, post-match, Butcher and the Blade continue to beat up the Young Bucks, which, of course, makes MJF very happy. Uh, Kenny Omega runs out to make the save, hits the V-trigger, and then drunk-ass Adam Page comes out, hands Matt Jackson his beer... Hits a buckshot lariat, turns around, grabs the beer, chugs it, and then takes off. Uh, They're going to have to do the heel turn soon at this rate, Nick, because this version of Hangman Page is getting over wildly. It is, man. He had a literal hold my beer moment. It was awesome. He's kind of like... And I'm trying. I'm trying to think of what he, <laughs> what to compare him to. But he's just like a drunken wrestling prodigy. Whenever he gets drunk, he's on. He can't lose. Yes, he's kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin mixed with Orange Cassidy somehow. <laughs> like he's very like nonchalant about all of it, 
But he's also a beer-drinking ass-kicker. But also doesn't make a big deal about it as well. He's just I like, wish... here's my beer. Oh, I hit my move. Give me my beer. Drink my beer. See you guys later. That was it. I wish I could remember what this was from, but I remember a guy like sleepwalking across beams during, it must've been a cartoon or something, but sleepwalking mm-hmm. across beams on a construction site, just totally fine. Yes. Maybe it was like an old Bugs Bunny or something, but I'm like, that's Hangman Page when he's drunk. He <laughs> doesn't know what the hell is going on, but, but he, he can do wins. anything. Yes. Right. Um, by the way, uh, as some foreshadowing later on, when MJF sits down for the commentary, uh, I don't know if this made air, because uh, I ended up seeing the uh, the Fight TV stream of this, where I just saw everything. Uh, <laughs> Jim Ross calls him Matthew Jacob Friedman, which MJF immediately corrects. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew Jacob Friedman. Uh, Come on, JR, get your shit together. <laughs> up next, Nyla Rose and Big Swole. Out of the blue, this is winner gets a match with Riho for the title. Uh, Nyla has been winning matches, but, you know, like on Dark, mostly. And Big Swole has had a win this year. So, thin women's division, everybody. Uh, Mostly Nyla powering her around in control throughout a commercial break. Uh, When we come back, of course, Swole makes a comeback. Spring in Cutter for a two. Hits the wheelbarrow flatliner. Uh, she goes for Dirty Dancing, but it is countered with a bad spear. And Nyla hits the Beast Bomb for the win. Uh, a lot of this felt uh, kind of slow-mo at times. Uh, a lot of like, are you going to do, yep, you're going to do that type movements in the ring. Uh, it had its moments where Swole looked good. It had its moments where Nyla looked good, but... They were kind of few and far between for this one. And this was relatively short. Uh, So what did you think of Nyla and Swole? There wasn't much to say about it. I I was a little bit confused, too. I was like, wait a minute. Nyla's number one contender all of a sudden? I would still put Statlander above her as far as, you know, she's gotten more wins and has had more activity on the shows. It just... It feels like they cycle out women on the show sometimes. They have a couple for a few weeks, and then they got to move new ones in. Yeah, we haven't um, seen Statlander, by the way, since the uh, that weird tag match with the Nightmare mm-hmm. Collective. So, yeah. Still doing a lot of indie dates. Maybe they don't want to push her that hard while that's going on. I don't think she is, actually. I think she's done. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but... She's been wrestling for, like, Beyond and a couple other promotions. I see her... I follow her on Instagram, so I see her going on a lot of shows still but oh, okay uh, but uh, overall i think swole was obviously the stronger part of this match i only went uh two stars on this match because i didn't think it was anything too offensive but nothing memorable yeah I, same for me i went to grapple with a 1.88 so right in that uh right in that little uh pocket universe uh mm-hmm. that we live in here Talking about AEW, Nick. Uh, Kip Sabian and Cody is up next. Uh, Kip uh, shows some aggressiveness early on, but Cody takes control quickly. Uh, Kip shows Arn out of frustration, and Arn's going to beat his ass, but Kip gets back into the ring. Uh, Then Penelope Ford takes a fall to fool Cody Rhodes. Uh, He's such a good guy, Nick. He just falls for it every time. Uh, too good, Kip, good. <laughs> Kip gets the advantage during the commercial break. 
you've seen this a lot. Bad guy gets the uh, bad guy gets the advantage during the commercial break, and then Cody mounts his comeback. Although uh, this had a couple more twists and turns to it. Disaster kick for a two, um, and Penelope Ford. Uh, so Cody hits the disaster kick, and Penelope Ford throws her boot into the ring. So Bryce has to like get it out of there. So it gives Kip a moment to regain himself so he can kick out of this disaster kick. And Arn Anderson has seen enough. He's getting into the ring. He's arguing with the referee. He's seen enough of this cheating heel business from Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. And Bryce is telling him to get out of the ring. And Arn makes the fatal mistake, Nick, of bumping into to Bryce in an aggressive manner. Because he can't help it. He's just so angry at all of this cheating. And Bryce tosses Arn Anderson. So... Uh, while all this is going on, Penelope Ford gives Cody a Hurricane Rana off of the apron, and Kip Sabian does a uh, a flip dive to the outside, and they go to kiss each other when Joey Janela rises from underneath the barricade and puts himself in between the lips of Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, and he <laughs> is kissed by both of them, and they both have... He has an excellent face... They both have excellent faces, and somehow, uh, this is actually not enough for Cody to get back into this match, because Kip Sabian ends up hitting him with a hanging neckbreaker for a two. He goes for the Deathly Hollows, but it's countered. Cody Cutter, and then Cody hits three crossroads in a row, uh, with the crowd getting amped with uh, every additional crossroads, uh, and he gets the pin. Uh, what did you think of Cody and Kip Sabian, Nick? I'll tell you, before I watched the show this morning, I actually saw the spot with um, Kip, Penelope, and Janelle, and I immediately turned off my phone because I was like, wait a minute, did did Joey just turn heel for some reason? That's dumb. Because <laughs> he no. posted a little post on Instagram uh, with the Three's Company theme song in the comments. <laughs> Come and knock on our door. Yes. Come and knock on our door. <laughs> um, I thought the match was pretty good. Uh Nothing too spectacular. I do like uh, that Penelope is kind of enhancing Kip. She yes. definitely adds something to the act. It was a big part of why her and Joey work so well together. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this one three stars. It was it was all right. I, I love that Cody just got pissed off at the end and hit him with three crossroads. That was fun. Yeah, this was the night of three-star matches for me. I like this match as well. I thought it was good. Uh, it was kind of not doing a lot for me until that bit with Arn Anderson. I don't know why I enjoyed that so much, but I'm like, you know, yeah, he's the manager, he's the coach, and yeah, he'd be pissed that the other the other team's manager is cheating and the ref never catches it. So of course Arn Anderson would be mad at this, and then he gets tossed. And then the match really picked up from there, and then Cody firing up at the end and hitting those three crossroads. Really did it for me. Ended up giving this a three as well. Grapple with a 2.68. So they're wrong. I think this was at least a three. Definitely. Uh, so I got real excited for a moment, but then it wasn't as exciting because it wasn't that bad. But they actually showed us Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker from last week. They showed it again. My favorite piece of AEW promo ship uh, that we've gotten in in the history of this company. They showed it all again. 
Uh, even Jim Ross cutting it off and being like, we got to get out of here. Um, and then I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do it again. Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker part two. The problem is Britt came out here, Nick, and she was, I don't know, a billion times more confident this week. And like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if like, like Adam Cole and Britt Baker had some sort of freaky Friday swap where, uh, I'll have to watch NXT this week to see if Adam Cole is, has lost his confidence and is, it is not as sharp in his promos. Cause Brit felt a billion times better here. Uh, I think she was partying too hard with Hangman Page last week because I thought she came off kind of drunk. Truthfully, she she shoots on Jim Ross for cutting her off, for plugging his barbecue sauce and fucking up the names of people on the roster. (laughs) Which, as I noted, he already did once this episode, and he will do at least one more time before this episode is done. Uh, She talks a lot of shit, but did it well. Really, this is just her just, you know, uh, putting herself over promo is essentially what this was. But, yeah, uh, I liked it. I, I thought this was a much better Britt Baker promo than last week's, although last week's is unforgettable for other reasons. Last week's was infamous. This one was definitely Britt taking to the character and finally doing something good with it. I'm happy for her. That's great. It's awesome that she had a much better week this week. I'm just curious as to what was going on last week. She said uh, Cleveland now has a baker they can be they can trust in, which must be some sort of sports reference that I do not get. Same. (laughs) Uh, Lexi Nair is backstage with the elite, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, Young Bucks says it was a good win tonight, says maybe at some point they will end up challenging for the belts. Drunk-ass Paige comes in, says, look, we got our nameplates on our belt. But guess what? They made nameplates for everybody. So here, here you guys, here's here's your nameplates. And he gives the Young Bucks their nameplates. And he's like, maybe you can put that to good use someday. He's like, you guys are the best team in the world. And walks off, and Kenny's got to be like, thanks. Thanks, Hangman. Uh... <laughs> And he's like, look, guys, uh, the reason why I was so late in coming out to help you guys is because I was setting up this match for next week. I feel like everything's coming together for us now. Uh, and they're setting up an eight-man tag for next week. Uh, it's Hangman and Kenny and the Young Bucks against the Butcher and the Blade and a team of their choosing. And we find out about that later on. Uh, SCU and The Hybrid 2, which is not a children's book. Uh, despite the rhyming nature. Uh, SCU comes out in, they all come out in Kobe uh, Bryant jerseys. And aside from the Kobe Bryant stuff, they start out kind of just generically wrestling with the hybrid two, right? They're the headlock takeovers and all that stuff, right, Nick? Now, up until this point in the show, I had noticed that things were feeling a little more patterned than usual for AEW. Usually like WWE sometimes is very, very, very patterned in how their television matches operate. And AEW doesn't always feel like this. And this week though, they were feeling very patterned to me. And while Frankie Kazarian is like doing headlock takeovers on Angelico, this is what I wrote. I predict they get cut off, worked over during a commercial break, make a comeback afterwards, 
hit their finish and win. And then I set my phone down and watched the match. And then when the match was done, I wrote, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) That's the match. Uh, I said, I gave them an extra quarter point at the end for a kid shouting, punch him in the balls during the SCU comeback. Because they were making a comeback and the crowd was a little quiet. And I did hear some kid in the front row scream, punch him in the balls. And I thought that was funny. So I gave them an extra quarter star just for that. But yeah, this was uh, a match that was well wrestled, but nothing exciting. Uh, They hit uh, SCU later on uh, and Helico. That looked brutal, by the way, the SCU later. Uh, but it was a fine match. What did you think of SCU and the Hybrid 2? <laughs> I thought it was... Uh, I agree with you. It's very pained by the numbers. Um, I I mean, I, I hate to say this because these are both very talented tag teams that are capable of much more. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of bored at this match. I was just sitting here and I was trying to pay attention, but I found myself going to my phone and only half paying attention to it just because it seems so average so uninspired i ended up giving this one two and three quarter stars it was not a bad match by any means but yeah. didn't grip me at all it wasn't up to aew standards i feel like as far as awesome tag team action which i think is one of their strong suits right now is the tag teams yes i agree um, i had also given this match two and three quarter stars until i heard that kid say punch him in the balls And then that made me laugh unexpectedly and entertained me. So I ended up giving this match a three because of that kid. So SCU and hybrid two, you can thank that little kid for me, my singular own score that doesn't really matter. We're just doing it for fun, but you can thank (laughs) that kid uh, for your three. Uh, (laughs) Grapple uh, gave uh, this match. What did they give it? Uh, 2.63. 2.63. So, yeah, they were kind of in line with where we originally were with our <laughs> scores. Uh, <laughs> then we got this crazy pack promo video where it's like black and white and it's outside and he tells John Moxley to like have fun with Chris Jericho and his cronies. Says Kenny Omega's name. Just the mere mention of Kenny Omega forces pack to to almost throw up on television. He's coughing so hard. Uh, and then <laughs> this video is super weird. And then just, you know, says he's going to kick his ass and bloody him up or whatever. But I mean, I like this, but it was just weird. This is strange. Akin to like the Lucha Underground stuff. I don't know. What, what did you think of this pack video? I agree. Same, uh, same thought. It was, uh, I, I did like the touch of him almost puking to the Kenny Omega thing. At first, I thought that was just a take. They accidentally edited it into the promo pop. Up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it keeps him on television, so I guess it served its purpose in that way. Yeah. Uh, we get our uh, our matches for next week, including our main event, which is going to be the uh, the Elite and Drunk Ass Page against the Butcher, the Blade, and the Lucha Brothers. So that could be good times. Definitely. Main event, the inner circle, Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz against private party and Darby Allen. Uh, Jericho disrespects Darby. So Darby humiliates him with grappling, uh, private party, double up Ortiz. Uh, Mark Quinn eventually gets cut off and, uh, 
the inner circle take turns beating him up. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy gets in. He runs wild. Uh, Jericho cuts him off going into a break. Uh, Jim Ross proves Britt Baker to be correct by constantly referring to Isaiah Cassidy as Kennedy instead of Cassidy, which is not the first time he's done this. Uh, Isaiah then makes a comeback tag to Darby. Darby goes crazy. Everyone's fighting now. Uh, Darby hits a moonsault press on Jericho for a two does the coffin drop to the outside on Jake Hager, uh, dives from Mark Quinn. Cassidy hits this big swanton bomb on Jericho for a two. He goes for the strike, but Jericho murders him with the Judas effect. Just crushes this man's face and pins him. Uh, what did you think of the main event match, Nick? He brought the whole match to a screeching halt with that Judas effect, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and it was good. It was a good one too. Like he just drilled him. Yes, he did. I think this was my favorite match of the week. Um, I love. I think Ortiz is hilarious. Like, He's awesome. He, <laughs> with his constant tiger style. Yes, like that cracks me up. Every he did week. like a spinneroonie up to his feet and then did tiger style pose. Yes. <laughs> He's, he's so wacky. I like him, though. He, he's, of course, the originator of the we're the best chant, the best, the best. But okay. at one point he said, we're the best. I'm a genius. And immediately gets <laughs> it after that. <laughs> he's so great. Um, Quinn is is just talented. I saw him do a drop kick back backflip at one point, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. Yes, Jericho the, hitting the that. drop salt. Yes, that was impressive. Um, Jericho's springboard dropkick onto Cassidy was really cool. Yep. Just so many cool spots in this match. Darby looking like a, a force to be reckoned with, taking everybody out. Mm-hmm. He He's a star. He's got to be a made man after AEW for sure. Um, I gave this one three and three-quarter stars. I know it may be a bit of a high score, but I just I had fun with this. This was also my match of the show as well. Um, it's the first thing that didn't feel completely, totally patterned as well either. And Darby and private party kind of worked well together. They weren't doing like triple teams or anything, but, uh, it, it flowed a lot better than I thought it was going to reading it on paper. And Darby's just awesome. He was great in this match and, uh, the, the crowd backed that up as well and uh right finish as well they teased a couple of times jericho being pinned by two different people uh and the crowd was was into this idea both times so uh that's all good and well and uh i went three and a half with this one this was my favorite match on the show grapple went 3.3 so i disagree i think it was a little bit better than that but oh yeah uh, for Grapple, this was definitely the show of, of, of three-star matches. Uh, so post-match, they continue to attack. The crowd wants Moxley. They kill Darby with his own skateboard. Uh, and then Moxley finally runs in with a bat and, and runs off the inner circle to close out the show. Uh, Moxley has become Sting, man. <laughs> yeah. He just needs to drop down from the ceiling now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that would be too weird, even yes. even by today's standards. Uh, so, yeah, they there was one weird thing in this episode that I I didn't mention here, but there's a moment I think I it's early on in the show I think 
where Jim Ross is talking about AEW Revolution, the next pay-per-view, and he's like, we got a big announcement about AEW Revolution. Check this out. And they throw to this video, and it's just a commercial for the show. <laughs> Did you catch that? Like, I swear to God, he was like, we got a big announcement about the show. Let's let's go to that now. And it's just AEW Revolution live on pay-per-view. And, like, that's all it is. It's just a commercial for the show. It gave me no information, no new information. Uh, about the show all we know is the the main event so far and uh, presumably Riho and nyla rose uh i think the word is that they are going to do a young bucks hangman and kenny match for the tag titles on that show as well so that'll be awesome and of course mm-hmm. we know that they will end up doing uh cody and mjf and in fact uh the first of cody's stipulations is next week the lashes uh take place next week on dynamite. So he's getting whipped next week. Um, uh, the other piece of news is that it sounds like, uh, tickets are going pretty well for a lot of these shows. Uh, and, and in some of the bigger buildings, I heard the Atlanta one is doing really well. And I know the, the new, the, the Newark, New Jersey one, the Prudential center, uh, episode is they did incredible. Like they almost sold out on the first day. And that's like a big, big, huge arena. So uh, I guess they're swinging back upwards is AEW when it comes to the the ticket sales and stuff. So good for them. Uh, I thought the crowd looked pretty good tonight in, in Cleveland as well. So uh, I like the episode. I've not seen NXT this week, so I have nothing to compare it to. But uh, I enjoyed AEW this week. I've enjoyed AEW every week. And Nick, I don't know if you... I don't know if you listen to the NXT podcast. You probably don't. You're a busy man. You've got other things to do with your life. But uh, over on that show, I do make my pick for the week about who I think wins the war personally uh, that week. And so far, with the exception of the first episode of Dynamite this year, I've picked uh, like NXT every week so far. Uh, outside of that, AEW's had some good shows, but NXT has had a lot better in-ring shows, um, at least since the their second show of the year. So I'm I'm curious to see if that streak continues. I know that their stated goal, I know that well, not really their stated goal, but I know the goal of NXT running against AEW on Wednesday nights. I know that has failed because you know we talked about it last week. The uh, AEW signing their new television deal. Uh, the whole point of putting NXT up against it was to try to at least siphon enough viewers away that AEW would not do well. Uh, but that failed. So all is going well for all elite wrestling in 2020. I'm pretty excited for next week's episode. We've got the big angle thing with Cody and MJF and, uh, that eight man, which again, seems a little weird on paper. I'm dying to see what Butcher and Blade and Lucha Brothers are like together as an eight-man combo. I need to see what that looks like. I I always thought it's, or I feel like it's been weird that Butcher and Blade really haven't won that much, but I guess by MJF making them seem more like hired guns than anything else, they're not there to really compete. They're there to just do damage. I guess that makes a little bit more sense. Perhaps, Um, yes. You got Lucha Bros in there, and you got the Elite in there, so it's going to be good no matter what, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, I don't really watch NXT all that much, uh, but uh, a certain somebody had a great entrance this week um, that I'm sure you'll discuss later, and that may beat <laughs> a lot of things on this show that we watched this week. But um, 
I think AEW has just been entertaining. It's one of those things that I look oh, forward yeah. to every week. And I don't watch as much wrestling as I used to. I used to be a very diehard every Monday and Thursday or Friday or whatever and watch WWE. Yeah. AEW's kind of brought me back to having something weekly to watch, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I'm. A, I've I've only been an every Wednesday guy. I've been an every Wednesday guy for years because of NXT, but that's mm-hmm. been my only day of wrestling. So uh, now it's still every Wednesday, but there's just more wrestling. So now it's kind of like every Wednesday and Thursday because I try to watch NXT the day after now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there is a. It is now pretty much a two a day uh, or twice a week thing. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see whatever entrance this ends up. <laughs> I haven't seen the show yet, but uh, dude, I, I'm looking forward. I need to watch more NXT because it seems awesome. I hear about it every week; it sounds awesome, but for whatever reason, yeah. I just don't. I don't watch it. I don't know why. There's NXT, no real good reason. NXT is largely great every week for the most part. There are some things that aren't so good, uh, but for the most part, like the stuff that's really good, like way over delivers. Uh, so yeah, just, just seeing Matt Riddle be Matt Riddle is worth it. Sometimes that's sometimes that alone is the, the worth the price of admission, but, uh, they tend to over deliver in the ring. I popped for him at the Royal Rumble. That made me really happy. (laughs) Well, Hey, uh, we're going to stop talking about NXT now because that's not this show. We got another show for that. It's called what comes NXT or what comes next, and uh, you can find that on Cinema Geekly as well. But speaking of Cinema Geekly, uh, you should head on over there to check out the archives of this show, The Elitists. Uh, and uh, while you're there, uh, you might as well check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, that way you can hit subscribe and come back next time to hear me and Nick talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT, feature, uh, featuring The Elite and uh, Drunk-Ass Hangman Page taking on The Butcher, The Blade and the Lucha Brothers.